DoorDash is excited to be the official on-demand delivery platform of the Detroit Pistons, offering fans fast and flexible ways to earn. With DoorDash, you can choose your own hours, make your own schedule, and be your own boss. It's a win-win-win. Sign up and deliver in Detroit before the regular season is over, and you could win a new car. Get started at Pistons.com slash dash. That's Pistons.com slash dash. No purchase necessary. Michigan residents 18 and up only. It's 517-21. Rules? Visit Pistons.com slash dash. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk. Thank you for listening on radio, on stream, on podcast, and watching us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, and Twitter's Periscope Live. We have a great show in store today. Uh, And before I get to that, I just want to say, can I tell you something? It actually amuses me that I'll just comment something on Twitter, right? And, you know, based on something somebody else uh, puts. And start going on. And they start going on. Scott can hear me doing this. Uh, Scott, start, start going on for hours. And today it was Vernon Jones. Now, I had to chuckle because isn't he running for governor of Georgia? And shouldn't he be spending his time running for governor of Georgia instead of demonizing me and other liberals? Because, by the way, folks, if you are elected governor of a state, you are the governor for both parties, even the one <laughs> that you are not a part of. And if you don't talk smack about somebody else, Maybe they'll vote for you. I think we learned a thing or two from the phrase deplorables, right? Uh, Anyway, so just had to get that off my chest. Uh, Anyway, today I'm so happy to have with us Scott Paul. Scott is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM, a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. Now, for over a decade, Scott and the AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for voters, and obviously it's working, uh, and our national leaders through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. Please check out their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. On Twitter, follow them at Keep It Made in USA, which there is an effort to do right now, and follow Scott at Scott Paul AAM. Hey, Scott, happy Friday. I'm glad you could make it. I know you might be running a little late, and you are not. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, j- just in time. Is it, my Midwestern values say unless you're five minutes early, you're running late. So. Oh, can I tell you a quick? Can I? I'm going to tell you a quick story. Right, I don't want to take away from too much of your time, but we are friends, and everybody likes this story. And I've even had people say, "What was that thing?" Um, when I was in college at Northeastern University undergrad, there was a broad, I used to do plays. I was a thespian and, um, the, there was a Broadway director who did, um, an audition with the local colleges and it was six days long and there were six parts and every day he would say, thank you. You can go home. You stay. And I kept making, making it. And, um, so the last day. Um, there were, it was a five part, five parts, one, two, five parts, right? So, uh, two, two women, three men. And, um, he had five people up there and I'm sitting behind him and I'm like, you're kidding me. I've made it all this way. And he said, 
people on stage in front of me, thank you very much. The people behind me, you are my cast. Congratulations. We will start rehearsing. To- and you're sitting there going, huh? Anyway, his name was Mark Kaufman. And um, he uh, had rehearsals. And I was a typical college girl. And one of the guys in the cast, who was very cute, I might add, had a party. And it went very late. And we all were very drunk. And um, anyway, so what happened is I went to this party. I went to this party, you know, very late, drank like everybody else. I was late for rehearsal. I came to rehearsal and Mark said, and I was the lead, and Mark said, go home. And I said, what? And he said, I want you to remember this for the rest of your life. And here you go, Scott, with the Midwestern upbringing. (laughs) To be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. And to be late is to be forgotten. (laughs) And I, I try to live by that. I try to live by that. With two teenagers and stuff, but I try. Uh, yeah, anyways. Exactly. Yes. I've, I've learned to modify that, uh, and our new motto is structure with flexibility. So I like that. I need to write that down. I like that. Um, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Uh, President Biden, who I thought did a very good job in his joint address to Congress. Um, but in that joint address to Congress, he talked about what jobs have to do with solving the climate crisis. Because some people think it's just the AOC and Bernie Sanders of the world that love climate crisis issues and just want everything to group into climate change. But there is some interconnection between jobs and solving the climate crisis. Let's take a listen to President Biden, and then I would love to to hear your take on that. Mark? For too long, we've failed to use the most important word when it comes to meeting the climate crisis. Jobs. 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 For me, when I think climate change, I think jobs. American Jobs Plan will put engineers and construction workers to work building more energy-efficient buildings and homes. Electrical workers, IBEW members, installing 500,000 charging stations along our highways so we can own, so we can own the electric car market. Think about it. There is simply no reason why the blades for wind turbines can't be built in Pittsburgh instead of Beijing. No reason. None. No reason. So, folks, there's no reason why American, American workers can't lead the world in the production of electric vehicles and batteries. I mean, there is no reason. We have this capacity. Um, very interesting. I'm going to say uh, two of my favorite lines were, you know, you know, make them in Pittsburgh rather than Beijing yeah. and dogs don't wear, uh, what is it, Kevlar or Keflex vest? This is how much I know about gun stuff. Huh? Kevlar. 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 It's called Kevlar. Yeah. yeah. Those were two, two of my favorites. Um, but not only is that a great line, it's a great truth, reality and desire of the United States. And that's not just a desire of Democrats, but I think of all Americans. Scott, I would love to hear your take on that and what he has said here. Yeah, more broadly on climate, and I think this has been the this has been the challenge. I, I mean, you know, if if you believe it, it well, if you not believe in science, if you uh, if you have learned science, understand that you know that greenhouse 
gases, climate change. It's it's real. You know, uh, humankind has contributed to it, and we must take dramatic steps to um, to cut to cut and eliminate uh, carbon emissions. So the, the the question has always been, how do you do that, and how do you do that without uh, incredible uh, shock and displacement to people who have worked either in fossil fuel industries or in modes of transportation that will no longer be viable or in industries that uh, where carbon is uh, is is is, uh, is produced as a byproduct of, of the manufacturing process and so so I think I think what what the president is saying and this is what I agree with too it's like I I think everybody wants a cleaner environment people don't want to see global warming um, it's the pain that is is fearful to folks from mine workers to oil and gas workers to auto workers to to what have you to to, to farmers and ranchers and so there is a way to do this that also creates jobs and that is like we are instead of trading middle eastern oil for made in china solar panels or made in china wind turbines that we're making them here right That, that we're making them here that we're making those solar panels in the United States, that we're making those wind turbines in the United States, that we're making those electric vehicles in the United States. And that does mean jobs. I mean, obviously, there'll be jobs installing all the stuff on our roofs, on our highways, et cetera. Those will be American jobs, of course. And also, not just jobs, Scott, but also a better quality wind wind turbine, right? Absolutely. I I mean, yes, uh, 100%. We know how to do this. We're good at making complex machinery. In fact, we're the best in the world. Uh, at, at doing that. Think of aerospace, um, uh, our, our space program, think of our defense program or, or some of our automobile producers. We know how to make complex stuff. We really do. Um, and so, but you need policy to get you there because quite honestly, you know, solar developers are super happy getting uh, dirt cheap polysilicon from uh, Xinjiang, China. Uh, where it's produced by Uyghurs, you know, who are operating in forced labors, and there's lots of, it's fired up in coal-fired power plants and all of that, but the polysilicon is super cheap. So, you know, so they're like, let's get it from, you know, from China. And I think Biden's saying, no, 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 no. It may take a little bit longer, but let's develop that supply chain in the United States because we'll get the jobs and we'll get the climate benefits as well. Um, and, And so... I think that's where he's heading. And this is a this I will say this is a big. Well, we're going to Scott, hold that thought. We have a little glitch with you and I don't want people to miss and I don't want to miss what you're going to say. 30 seconds to break. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and I want you to say that again. So people hear. And um, I, I also wanted to you know ask you about that and some other things. So we'll be back with Scott Paul right after this, folks. Once again, check out the website for American Manufacturing, AmericanManufacturing.org on Twitter. Follow them at Keep It Made in USA and follow Scott at Scott Paul AAM. I'm Leslie Marshall. Back with Scott. Back with you right after this. Happy Friday. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. We are back. Hey, 
there. How are you doing? Happy Friday. I'm Leslie Marshall, and joining us once again, if you've just joined us yourselves, is Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. They can be found on the website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Read about all the great things that they are doing. And on Twitter, follow them at Keep It Made in USA. Follow Scott at Scott Paul AAM. Scott, apologies for interrupting, and there was a little glitch, but I wanted you to continue what you were talking about. Um, you were talking about more jobs. Uh, clean jobs um, and, you know, and not just clean jobs, but how and, and certainly how that relates to uh, the, this job, you know, growth that with the president talked about his joint address to Congress on Wednesday night, you know, what these jobs have to do with solving the climate crisis. Um, so please continue. My apologies once again. Yeah, for absolutely. I, th I think there's basically two components to this. I mean, there's a clear need that we have to transform our energy supply, the way in which we produce things, our transportation systems, agriculture, all of that. And the question is, you know, how fast do we do this and, um, and, and what do we utilize to, to do it? And that what do we utilize is an important question because that, that involves stuff. That stuff's made somewhere. And if you want it cheap, if you want it fast, yeah, maybe you get it from China. But ultimately, there's going to be a higher cost for that, Leslie. And, and that higher cost is going to be number one. You're going to lose political support uh, for, for 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 your climate goals uh, if you see American jobs being lost uh, and lots of imports coming from China. I mean that helps to explain the rise of populism both among Democrats and Republicans. And I think this is something that Biden understands. But number two, it inherently makes sense from a sustainability point of view to make things close to the market. Why would you ship wind turbine blades all the way across the ocean? after having been made in a factory in China that emits three to four times the carbon as an American factory <laughs> uh, to install them here because they're a little cheaper. It just, it, it doesn't make any climate sense to do that as well. And so if you have the right policies in the United States, first, if you build demand, so basically we're going to supply our energy through renewable sources, right? Or, you know, uh, give a tax credit for buying electric vehicles and, uh, have the, the major auto companies commit to transforming their fleets over or through government purchases saying we're going to make the postal service an electric fleet. We're going to make the, you know, our entire government vehicle fleet electric. You can build demand that way. And then you establish the rules. How is this made? You have buy American policies. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But Biden talked about that as well, so that you're utilizing those tax dollars to build up these industries in the United States. And it it may take fractionally longer, fractionally longer than getting the cheap stuff from China now. But the dividends for the policy, for the economy, for jobs, uh, for our future uh, will be much greater uh, over time. And so it's the sensible course to take. And I'm really glad that that's the way that the president talked about it uh, when he addressed uh, Congress uh, on, on Wednesday night. You know, I wanted to ask you, we, you know, we joked around before that, you know, the reason you can get three T-shirts for 10 bucks or five bucks is because they're made, you know, poorly. Um, and and I, would, I would think when you look at the rating D minus or whatever it is now, perhaps F of our infrastructure, um, that perhaps some of our bridges are not just in need of repair, but replacement because some of those bridges were made with steel from China, a nation, a communist nation. That, uh, you know, although, the, you know, people are getting the steel cheaper, um, it, it can't be the quality, obviously, because it's cheaper. I mean, you get what you pay for and they don't have the regulations that we have in place to make sure that the steel is being used for would make it stronger and safer. Yeah. 
Yeah, clearly you can you can regulate the quality, but the closest produced at home uh, because you can get inspectors into the factory and there's much more accountability and traceability. That's number one. Uh, but, but number two, and this is the other thing, uh, Americans should want the best infrastructure. And the best infrastructure may cost a little bit more upfront, but it's going to last longer. Uh, and so its residual value is going to last a lot longer than that cheap stuff, right, that you're, that, that you're getting. Um, and you're going to be creating jobs. And, and the, those jobs are great because they will, th those are men and women who pay taxes, who spend their money in the U.S. buying other things as well. And so it circulates in our economy. Um, and so I think, you know, to, to Joe Biden's great credit, he understands all of that. And, and so that's why I think both in the climate and clean energy space and in the infrastructure space, you see him talking so much about how we not only need to transform our infrastructure, but we need to transform the way in which we source it. You know, it needs to be made in America. And obviously that's music to my ears because those are our people, you know, the steel workers uh, and everybody who works in those factories. Uh, but, but, but I promise taxpayers and commuters that you'll get, yeah, you'll get a quality project that, that's going to last for a very, very long time. And, you know, these, these American workers are going to be driving over the same infrastructure. So they want it to be really good. Uh, as well. So I, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of benefits to it, but s some people will say, well, why not get it from China if it's cheaper up front? And we just articulated all of those reasons why it's not nearly the good deal as it's made out to be. You know, uh, I want to just read the the response um, that you guys at AAM Alliance for American Manufacturing and what you specifically said in response to uh, the president's first address to that joint member uh, session of Congress on Wednesday. Um, and uh, and being that he did start off with something very important, most important to many Americans is, uh, you know, building support for the American Jobs Plan, other efforts to ensure that we will, quote, win the 21st century, because China's certainly trying to do that. And here's what you said, quote, we are thrilled President Biden focused on jobs, 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 transformational investments in our future from roads and bridges to broadband and the energy grid will make our nation more competitive and create well-paying middle-class jobs. Beyond that, the president's commitment to buy American is profoundly important to the future of American manufacturing. We look forward to working with the Biden-Harris administration and Congress to get America back to work. A blue-collar blueprint to build America is indeed the right course for our future. I want to ask you, there are people that keep picking on the expanding and broadening definition of infrastructure and what comes under the umbrella of infrastructure. Now, I know AAM is non-political, and uh, so I'm not asking you to take sides, um, you know, but but do you see infrastructure as broadening or do you see this as, you know, some kind of a political attempt by the left to get money into projects that they want to benefit their party or their districts and their states? Yeah, the expanding definition of infrastructure is about progress, invention, and modernization. If you would have asked George Washington what's infrastructure, he wouldn't have said railroads because they weren't around. <laughs> or if you were to ask Dwight Eisenhower what is infrastructure, he wouldn't have said broadband because it wasn't around. So it, it is here now, and it connects all of us. And it is that's one of the roles of government, is to help solve challenges that no individual firm or, or person can do. And so when you have a national network like broadband or our energy grid or our rail system, uh, that's where those investments make sense. And absolutely, they are infrastructure. I mean, we're not living in, you know, in just an era where we have some roads and bridges. 
to, to get around. We get around in a lot. I mean, how have we been getting around in the last year? Yeah, over broadband and, and via the energy grid. So all of this ma makes so much sense. I just I think it's like it's both nitpicking and it's they're they're re they're being really pedantic about it uh, because they they know it's wildly popular with the American people. So they're just trying to poke holes in it. They will not be successful. We're going to take a break and we will be successful in doing that. We will be successful in coming back to you, Scott. And when we come back, I want to talk about the pick for the first ever, the Biden administration pick for the first ever director of Made in America. We'll be back with Scott. We'll be right after this. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. back with Scott Paul, president for the Alliance uh, uh, for Smith, Alliance for American Manufacturing. Um, that is, hey, Rick Scott, uh, on the website, go to AmericanManufacturing.org and check them out. You can do that in, in between the breaks or, you know, when you have some free time, a lot of really good information there. Also on Twitter, go to at Keep It Made in USA, follow them there and follow Scott at Scott Paul AAM. Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, I want to talk about Celeste Drake. President Biden announced this week on Tuesday that he has selected Celeste Drake to serve as the first director of Made in America, and that organization will be at the Office of Management and Budget. Now, according to the White House, she will shape and implement federal procurement and financial management policy to help carry out the president's vision of a future made in all of America by all of America's workers. First off, before Celeste, what do you think about even having a Made of America office and division <laughs> that you have to pick somebody to be appointed to head it up? Yeah, well, I mean, when when this was announced, uh, the first, I think it was the first week of, uh, of the administration, uh, it, I, I obviously thought it was pretty great um, because one thing, you know, Trump always talked about this stuff, but uh, you know, then Peter Navarro would go do something kind of crazy and, you know, it kind of fizzled out. You need to have like a White House leader who is kind of running point on this all the time. And and so so having that position is very important. And it gives a signal to all of the agencies that this is an issue that the White House takes seriously, because I think I do think personnel is policy and having these these types mm -hmm. of positions. Some may view it as bureaucratic. I think it's I think they become an organizer for, for all of this. I think it's very important. And then, and then Celeste uh, is, is, is just amazing. I mean, I've known her for a long time. She worked for two progressive members of Congress, uh, uh, Linda Sanchez from California, Lloyd Doggett from Texas. Uh, she was at the AFL-CIO uh, just after I was there doing trade policy work. Uh, and then at the Directors Guild uh, most recently, um, and she know, and, and was on the transition team. So she knows these issues uh, better than anyone. She's been an advocate for working families her entire life. Uh, she's a UCLA grad, which uh, I like because my wife is also a UCLA grad. So so she has a, she has a lot going for her. But the most important thing is that she's going to be empowered. And, and the executive order that that, uh, that that Joe Biden signed 
the first week empowers this position to uh, to review uh, our, our made in America efforts. And so that is with tax dollars. Are we buying American? And so agencies are going to report to her. She's going to review waivers and she's going to put the hammer down uh, when they're not. Uh, and, and so I think that it's important and I'm, I really look forward uh, to working with her and the rest of the Biden team to uh, make make this idea uh, a reality, particularly when we're going to be investing potentially trillions of dollars in clean energy and uh, innovation and uh, manufacturing and in infrastructure. Um, the the statement that you had made as president of, of the AM was that President Biden made an outstanding choice by selecting Celeste Drake to be the first director of Made in America, the Office of Management Budget. She's an effective lifelong advocate for working families, American manufacturing, and worker-centered policies. We look forward to supporting her efforts to ensure the nation's diverse workforce benefits from federal investments, including rebuilding American infrastructure. She would have called you tomorrow, you've known Celeste a long time, and say, Scott, what do you think I should do or tackle first? Or what do you, or my top three, what would you tell her? Yeah, so uh, so that's a great question. So number one, and I'm sorry that this is gonna sound a little bit archaic, but I think this is important, is that, uh, and she knows this, that you have to tighten up the loopholes and the waivers that allow contractors to wiggle out of Buy American requirements. Like sometimes they'll say, well, we can't find it. It's because they haven't looked. It's because they have a, a, a supplier in China, they get it dirt cheap, and they don't even bother looking in the United States. So, so that, that's number one. Number two is that uh, through policy, the, 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 Fed, the, the executive branch has the power to uh, strengthen by American requirements. I'll just give you an example. Um, so say a, a machine that's being purchased by the federal government is maybe you know 51% made in the United States. Like that might count as a, a buy American, a made in America thing. So you know th this you know this position, the made in America director, with the approval obviously of the regulatory agencies, could say, you know what, that machine has to be 75% of U.S. components for it to be considered uh, made in America, and that will bring supply chains to the United States. And then the third thing is that we need to expand the scope and coverage of Buy American. Right now, it's limited to certain federal programs. One of them is transit and, and roads and bridges, so we're covered there, uh, and, and we're getting it covered for water pipes. But like this energy stuff, that's gonna take something new. Um, school construction, that may take something new uh, as well. And, and so you can expand, and then there was like a, a major bill that was passed in the last Congress to expand resources for the National Park System, the, the Great Outdoors Act, you know, cover that as well. So the, the park system is, so, so there's different branches of the federal government that, that within the executive branch that she can uh, say, we're going to, we want to apply by American here as well. And so I just, I, I think the, you know, there's a lot, uh, she knows the roadmap on this. And, and, and but th those are the, those are the, the couple of things that I'm looking at right away. Uh, that will show that she's making a difference and that the, the president is indeed committed uh, not only to the rhetoric of, of this, but to, but to putting it to practice as well. There's a piece of legislation, uh, Build America, Buy America, that is uh, bipartisan. 
so it's endorsed by both left and right. And speaking of endorsement, uh, you and the AAM have endorsed it as well. Uh, specifically, uh, when we look at, you know, who put this together, right? Senator Sherrod Brown, a Democrat from Ohio. Rob Portman's a Republican from Ohio. Gary Peters, a Democrat from Michigan. And Mike Braun, a Republican from Indiana. So you have two Republicans, two Democrats, who announced yesterday that they're not just introducing, they're reintroducing legislation. And this legislation would ensure Buy America preferences apply to all taxpayer-funded infrastructure and public works projects. Can you explain a little more about how this works and, and obviously why you and the AAM endorse this bipartisan legislation? Yeah, so uh, there's a, again, there's some limited coverage in the law right now uh, for, for Buy, Buy America, but there are ways to get around that. Sometimes um, it's because the project uh, is 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 small enough that it fits under a dollar threshold. Sometimes the project is related to something in infrastructure uh, that's outside of that program scope. So like instead of a road or a bridge, uh, let's call it a guardrail or something like that, uh, or something else that, that may not necessarily uh, be, be covered. And so, um, and, and then the other thing uh, with respect to, to this legislation and, and some, some companion pieces as well, is, is, is about the materials. So in some cases, it's iron and steel uh, that, that's covered. In some cases, it's iron, steel, manufactured goods, but should also be concrete and other building materials uh, as well. So it's expanding the, the types of factories that would be eligible, you know, or, or would benefit from, from, from Buy America. And this is important as we move forward, for instance, with this uh, vehicle charging network, which I'm all for. I think it's a great idea. I think it's going to help scale up electric vehicles, uh, but you would have to have a new application of this Buy American policy to that. And, and I want to be clear with your listeners, this isn't the government telling you or me or anybody else that they have to buy an American product. We always think it's a good idea to do that if you can, but it's not the government requiring you to do this. But what it is saying, if we're giving a grant to a state or a city, or if we're spending the money ourselves, then yes, we are going to look for American suppliers first uh, for for the structural steel, for those electric batteries, for, uh, for 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 the for the wire that goes into fiber optic cable for broadband, or uh, for for the energy grid for the it's called grain oriented electric steel that goes into that. That we're going to look for an American supply there, and that's what it's about. It's about your your tax dollars, my tax dollars, our tax dollars being reinvested in the United States instead of buying something from uh, China or Vietnam or an another kind of low-cost country. Yeah, and quite frankly, if people want to be so, you know, pro-American and, you know, wave the flag, but you have a bunch of products made from another country, um, unless you can't get them here, why wouldn't you support, especially after a pandemic where so many people lost their jobs and businesses large and small shut down or, or got smaller or, you know, lost a lot of money? Why, you know, wouldn't you do that? Uh, speaking of companion legislation uh, that was also introduced in the House, I forgot to mention the uh, players there, Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio, uh, Robert Adderholt, uh, Republican from Alabama, and Frank uh, Mervon, a Democrat from uh, Indiana. Well, we're going to talk about the speed at which Congress can uh, move to pass this measure, and we're going to talk about um, advancing infrastructure investment legislation if there's any pushback. More with Scott Paul, more with you right after this. I'm Leslie Marshall. Don't go away.
Happy Friday, Speaking of talking, talking with Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, please go to their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Follow them on Twitter at Keep It Made in USA. Follow Scott at Scott Paul, A-A-M. Um, we were talking about Build America, uh, Buy America legislation. Before we move on to um, a different topic, um, this is kind of different, isn't it? I mean, one, um, do you think, I know you think Congress should, but do you think Congress will move quickly to pass this measure because it has bipartisan support? Um, and can you, um, uh, because this is working toward advancing infrastructure investment, right, in this legislation. Um, but can you also talk to uh, the fact that not all federal programs that provide grants to infrastructure projects um, currently uh, abide by uh, by America, um, speaking to that iron, that that steel, or other manufactured yeah. products that um, are foreign made, um, and and like you said, taxpayers are funding some of these infrastructure projects. Mm -hmm. that, that's right. So so the 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 the, the Build America Buy, Buy America bill, and there's there's a couple of other pieces of legislation that are complementary. So the, I mean, these are some of the reforms that we've been seeking. Uh, to make sure that we're reinvesting tax dollars in the United States uh, and expanding coverage uh, out from bridges and highways, which are covered to other forms of infrastructure. Uh, this will obviously be very important as, uh, as, as the Build Back Better plan works its way through Congress as well, because it's expanding the types of infrastructure uh, that, that we're investing in uh, as well, including our, our future, our, our clean energy future and our electric vehicle future as well. So, um, so, so I think that here, here's my observation about this. I mean, Republicans may quibble about like, well, this isn't infrastructure. That's not infrastructure. They may quibble about, well, this is a huge amount of money or not. Here's, here's what I've observed in the last couple of years. They're, they're like very much in favor of the Buy American policies. Um, I suppose it helped that, you know, Trump favored them. Um, as well, even though he never practiced that in his personal or professional life uh, at all. He, he obviously, I guess, realized it was good politics. I mean, we think it's good policy, but we know we know the leaders of the infrastructure efforts in the House of Representatives and the Senate. We know they're committed uh, to doing this, and we know that some of the leading Republicans are committed to doing it as well. Interestingly, the, the group that's kind of most opposed to this is the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which wow. represents... Really? Why? And they, they're just, Leslie, they're just kind of stuck in this philosophical conundrum where they're like, well, we're just for free trade. We, we don't uh -huh. think that, uh, you know, no matter what, no matter what the consequences or the effects. And, and so they, even though that many of their members could benefit from Buy American policies... They, they they oppose it. The good news is that not a lot of Republicans are listening to them. So, so we you know we feel like we have uh, a good leadership team in the Congress on this. We feel like this is an issue that the administration gets. And I I don't know if you caught this, but Biden I meant one I know you did, but Biden talked about by American in in the speech yeah. on, on Wednesday night, and he went yeah. off and said. This is trade legal. This has been our policy for almost 100 years. And I've told the cabinet secretaries they can't mess around with this. And I'm going to be really strict with waivers. And it was uh, and by the way, 80 percent of that weren't in his written remarks. So he like riffed that. He added that. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Amazing for sleepy Joe who has yeah. dementia and can't get through an hour's speech. So say some on the right yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, he was. He was. He knew the background. He knew what the what the issues were with it. And so that leads me to believe that it's a big part of the administration's agenda as well. And obviously, the the announcement that Celeste Drake was coming on board as the Made in America director helps to cement that. But I'm I'm bullish. Like I I think we can get infrastructure done. I think we can get it done with Buy America, which is good news for American manufacturing, American factory workers. Who, who, by the way, uh, tend to earn better wages uh, yes. than uh, other jobs. And, and so that will benefit everybody else because they'll go out, they'll buy a pickup truck, they'll buy more groceries, they'll take a vacation, uh, they'll do home improvement, and that will have impacts throughout the community. Um, Absolutely, so, injecting, injecting more money into the community. Yeah. Um, you had said, Scott, um, at the AAM, uh, in response to this legislation, quote, as Congress and the Biden administration work together to invest in America's infrastructure, ensuring that it is made in the USA must be a top priority. That's why the Build America, Buy America Act introduced today by Senators Sherrod Brown, Rob Portman, Gary Peters, and Mike Braun, along with companion legislation in the House, is so important. You went on to say, if Buy America does not apply to all tax funder infrastructure, tax taxpayer-funded infrastructure, projects. We'll send that money overseas and leave good jobs on the table. We strongly endorse this legislation and urge Congress to swiftly, swiftly adopt it. The result, more American jobs, increased demand at factories, and a stronger infrastructure. Before we move on to uh, the electrification of our vehicles, um, do you think they'll move quickly and quickly to pass it? Because you did touch upon the price tag, and that's yeah. something Republicans do. And the other thing is, even though this is bipartisan support, and technically both sides could take credit for this or could take credit for job growth or could take credit for economic gains in their state or across the board in the nation as a result of that, um, do you think they'll be pushed back because there'll be the perception that the party and party and power are going to win from this? Yeah, I, I guess we'll, I, I hate to say this, but I guess we'll find out. Um, I, you know, I do think I like the fact that uh, Biden is bringing some Democratic and Republican senators together to talk about what is possible to do together. I also like that they have a plan to do like if they can do something together, that's great. And in addition, they will do what Republicans won't agree to. And, and they'll do that through reconciliation uh, and, and get enough votes. For that, so it may be maybe like a one-two punch uh, for for infrastructure, um, but but I I like the way that they're approaching this, and, and I am confident that there'll be Buy American coverage uh, that's strengthened uh, in this legislation. I just know that there's the support for it. Yes, there are critics uh, out there of it, like the Chamber of Commerce, but uh, we've shown uh, through votes that have been taken in the past that this is wildly popular uh, in the Congress, one of those few areas of bipartisan agreement, uh, because they get it, uh, they, they know what it means. And so um, I am optimistic, and I know the House of Representatives has kind of begun its, its hearing work on this, and, and hopefully we'll be moving the legislation through. And I know, uh, we're, you know we're, we're gonna be working it hard. Uh, I know I talked with uh, uh, Steelworker President Tom Conway, I know you do as well. They're gonna be working it uh, very hard, and uh, and and you know, Secretary Buttigieg is out there every day yeah. uh, leading on this, and I think all of this is going to make an extraordinary difference to uh, getting it across the finish line. Something that's going to make an extraordinary difference uh, is electrifying car and truck sales by twenty thirty five. 
Um, that uh, will supposedly create, and be wonderful, 2 million new jobs. We're going to talk about a study that found that. But at the beginning of the year, and a lot of people, I think, feel, especially, you know, because of the information or misinformation out there, um, that electrifying uh, electrifying tr cars and trucks uh, is, is a left-wing thing, is a progressive, is AOC and Bernie Sanders and the tree huggers and pot smokers who, who don't want to put gas in their car, they want to plug it in. But in January, General Motors made a major announcement, and their announcement was it's going electric. No corporation, unless it benefits their bottom line, no corporation is going to do that. Regard, I don't care if it's Democrat, Republican, I don't care if the head of it's a Republican and it benefits Democrat. If it benefits them and their bottom line, they're going to do it. This is a company that's 112 years old. And they're planning to end production, end it, of diesel yeah. and gas-powered cars, trucks, and SUVs by 2035, pivoting to sell solely electric vehicles. Fellow Detroit mainstay Ford Motor Company, they're upping its electric vehicle manufacturing. Isn't this just proof that electrifying cars and trucks is not only something that's going to be happening, but it's inevitable, and at some point, we're all going to be driving one? Yeah. It is inevitable, and Americans will adjust to it, just as they adjusted from the horse and buggy to the to the automobile to the Model T, and, and they'll like it. I was like, I, I drive a Chevy Volt. I love that it's quiet. Uh, it has great acceleration, and you know, for people who like pickup trucks, you're going to get a pickup truck that has a four or five hundred mile range on a battery that's going to have incredible performance, and it's going to be qu so quiet you can hear a pin drop. Well, the uh, other thing is, you had mentioned in one of the other segments, Scott are the vehicle charging stations. Yeah. And I know we have 60 seconds, but I say that because people are afraid. People are yeah. afraid to change, not just Americans. I think it's human behavior. Yeah. But very yeah. quickly in the last 60 seconds, sum it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, that mileage anxiety or that range anxiety is something that will be overcome with those charging stations. And there are solutions to all of this. And it's not going to mean sacrifices on our part. It's actually going to be pretty transformational. Uh, and I'm glad the companies are leading rather than following here, uh, because I, th I think consumers will follow uh, where GM, Ford, and those other companies are headed as well. And the rest of the world already is follow is yeah. already ahead of us with this, with regard to this, right? Yeah, as Will Ferrell showed with uh, Norway, he's really upset with them. <laughs> yes, yeah, very good. It's a good Friday note to end on, Scott. Scott, always a pleasure to have you on. You know, I adore you. Kisses to the kids and the yeah. wife. Uh, and I do want everybody to check out the website for American Manufacturing, AmericanManufacturing.org. On Twitter, go to for the AAM. Follow them at Keep It Made in USA. Follow Scott at Scott Paul AAM. And I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Marky Mark Rivaldi is our executive producer. The show and I would not be possible without him. Have a wonderful weekend, a safe weekend. Get your vaccines. And if you're vaccinated once, make sure you get that second dose, folks. I uh, hope you, everybody has a safe and wonderful weekend. The red hot market for cannabis and CBD stocks is accelerating. Text HASH to 40691. Research shows that further legalization in the cannabis market could create massive multi-billion dollar opportunities over the next few years. Text HASH to 40691. If you've been watching this sector, then you know that major retailers and vertical industries are jumping on the bandwagon for cannabis market developments as legalization continues across North America. Get the latest research on the cannabis sector with your free report when you text the word HASH to 40691. 
cannabis companies and the products and technology behind them could be worth billions in the coming years. Find out which companies are leading the charge with your free research report when you text the word HASH to 40691. Text HASH to 40691. Get the latest research on the cannabis sector with your free report when you text the word HASH to 40691. At Bell Tire, we start with the lowest tire price, period. Then we make it feel even lower with free lifetime flat repairs, tire rotations, and alignment checks. And then even lower with 0% financing for 12 months. We also offer a contact-free experience, including stay-in-your-vehicle service and touch-free transactions. So come see your guy at Bell Tire. He'll give you the lowest tire price, period, and more for your money. Bell Tire. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply.